0: Hey, everybody, welcome back this week as we walk through the Word together. And as we walk out this truth, we discover that life is produced in us and also in other people. We are walking with one another, growing together to see the life of Christ continue to manifest and birth in us and then to see it spread outside of the walls of our houses and our church building. Like every week, let's just ask the Lord to speak to us. I think, and I know that he wants to talk to us today. He wants to meet you right where you are. He's not afraid of you, not afraid of where you've been. He wants to meet you. He wants to really give you a reason to sing hallelujah. When we step into that, I don't gotta fake it. Like I believe it comes from a very real place. And if you've experienced the King, you understand what I'm talking about. Can't help, man, you got a reason to sing hallelujah. And if you don't have a reason, that's okay. He wants to be that reason. He wants to meet you right here. Okay, so maybe you need that. Tell him, man, I want a reason to sing hallelujah. I want a reason. I want to know you. He wants to show you. Tell him. Let's talk to him. Father God, we come to you not on our own standing, but in the standing of your son, Jesus, and we thank you for all of your many blessings. God, would you... Would you minister to us today? Holy Spirit, I just invite you just to bring to our minds what we need to know today, what we need to hear from you, all the stuff that's going on this week. Lord, I I pray that you would speak louder than any other voice that's spoken to us this week. And um, Lord, we just say come. And Lord, I just invite you just to use me, just, just speak. And Lord, we just give it to you and we thank you. Just thank you for how faithful you are and kind. You're so good to us. We pray in Jesus' name. Amen. Amen. <clears throat> so I want to give a little bit of a recap <clears throat> about the past few weeks. We talked about kind of the things that we value here at Midtown. And uh, do we get that? Did you put that drawing in, in the sheet? Did you have that? Okay, bring it back. If you can, I'll just we'll, we'll refresh. Anybody who's new, this is the things that we value. If you come to join Midtown, you don't sign in blood or do any weird like chant or nothing, you sign a kid's drawing and you're just our commitment to one to another. And in our commitment, uh, we talked about the past few weeks, we're going to commit to the mind of Christ. There it is. The mind of Christ is what we commit to. We commit to the heart of love and then we commit to feet moving in faith and we're going to move in faith together. And last week, we came out of a passage of John 17, and we talked about Jesus' prayer for us. Did you know Jesus prayed for you? If you didn't, you can check it out in John 17. He says, I don't just pray for these that are right here, but those who will believe their message. <clears throat> Listen to this. At the end of that prayer, this is what he prays for us. Father, the glory that you have given me, this is John 17, and 23. So you can turn there and read it but we're going to be in 2 Corinthians. So here's this prayer. The glory that you have given me, I have given to them. Wow. I don't know if you know this, but the glory given to Jesus, he extends to us. That's weighty and wonderful. I've given to them that they may be one, even as the NIV says, just as we are one. So he prays that we would be one just as, listen, just as Jesus and the Father are walking in oneness. So I pray that they would be just one, like me and you are one, just as. I want to focus on just as. Think about that for a moment. Just like Jesus and God the Father have a relationship, he's invited you and I to have the same kind of oneness. Mysterious, weird. Lord, help us understand more what that even means. Just as we are one. I in them and you, he prays, in me, that they may become perfectly one. Everything is dependent upon that relationship together and everything that he did is extended to us. It goes like this weird oneness. So that, so just as, and here's what's gonna happen because they're one. So that the world may know that you sent me and loved them even as you loved me. Can I tell you I was raised in the church? Anybody else raised in the church? I was raised around y'all people and uh, I knew about the truth. Um, I knew the right words to say. I watched my mom do devotional every morning, you know, read me a daily reading as I went before school. Like Jennifer is what she is. Mom, I don't know where you are, but you're a wonderful blessing to me. Changed my life in many, many ways. But uh, I remember listening to those and going to school and living my life. Anybody else know what I mean? Come on now. I'm the king of this place, right? And uh, I want to tell you though, this verse makes so much sense to me Because it wasn't until I was 19 years old and I went to a place called Liberty University and I went to a gathering and I watched people my age. And I remember the moment when I looked over and I watched somebody worshiping, like singing like we were singing, hallelujah. And I was like, I don't feel that way. Rocked me. And I was like, either they're faking or like I'm missing it. You ever been there? And like the oneness I watched in worship was like the oneness that this person was experiencing while they sang hallelujah. I mean, I watched it. Like I could perceive who's a faker, you know what I mean? Like, come on now, watch it. This person, I, wa- I remember looking to the side. I remember the side profile and I remember my thoughts. I don't know why I love God like that. And I don't know why you would. Doesn't really make sense to me. And I understood Everything. I know John 3.16 in my mind, but that John 3.16 had not touched my soul, my heart. And it wasn't until this passage, like the oneness that they had with him, I watched and I knew I was missing something. And maybe you're sitting there today and you're like, I'm watching and I'm like missing something. I'm gonna tell you like, you don't have to miss it, but maybe he's bringing you into the reality where you're beginning to believe Like this verse says that Jesus is actually sent and there's something real to him. And I want to tell you like there absolutely is. But I want to invite you to just continue to press in because there absolutely is something for us to sing hallelujah from. So that the world may know that you sent me and loved them even as you loved me. He wants you to know this, just like Jesus was loved by God the Father in this more perfect way, He wants you to know He loves you in the same way. When you begin to see yourself and your brokenness, there is where you're beginning to see the truth, and the truth will meet you right in the place of your brokenness. That's what He wants to do today. He wants to love you right there, but it takes us realizing the truth. He is the truth. So the title of this message is, Just as they are one, so that they know and experience love. So just as, so that, I want to be that. How the heck are we going to be that? And I want to turn to a passage out of 2 Corinthians, and I want to focus on a few verses. 2 Corinthians 5, 17 through 21. And it's past the halfway point. If you don't know, you can type it in your phone, or there's like a thing in the front of your Bible where it tells you where those books are. And the book is called 2 Corinthians. It's a two. If you heard Donald Trump's, he said two Corinthians one time, and he went viral for doing it. We call it 2 Corinthians. If you call it 2 Corinthians, you and Donald Trump, that's okay. No shame, no judgment, it's fine. 2 Corinthians 5, 17 through 21. Respect, Donald appreciate you reading it. All right. You ready? <laughs> just came into my mind. Like all of a sudden, I just got this flash of Donald Trump like two Corinthians. All right. <laughs> all right. You ready? Gosh, I love laughter. You know, God made laughter. I think we, could, we should laugh more. Just have fun with life. <laughs> I work with pain. <laughs> I work with Peyton all day and I can't stop laughing. Like, thank you, Peyton. Big joy of my life. I love you. All right, you ready? Let's read. You want to read? Well, let's not get too serious. Let's let's stay in the moment. 2 Corinthians 5, 17 through 21. Therefore, if anyone is in Christ, he is a new creation. The old has. Can you say has? Passed away. It's gone. The old is gone. Behold, the new, can we say has? Yes. Has come. It has come. All this, verse 18, all this is from God. I loved Christy's spoken word. It's exactly what she said. All this is from God. Does anybody feel pressure to get to God. All the new creation stuff comes from him. Breathe. All of it's from him. Who, through Christ, reconciled. It's just an accounting term where you balance the books. Does anybody feel like their books are unbalanced in their life? Like you've got a debt to pay to God? God wants to pay the debt down. And actually he did. If you can receive it, you can have it today. And the balance of your books will come back into balance. He has reconciled us to himself. That means he righted the relationship. He brought it back to balance. And gave us the ministry of reconciliation. Helping others to balance that relationship out in their lives. Where we're balanced and then sent to help other people balance the relationship and get right with God. Not counting their trespasses against them and entrusting to us this message of reconciliation. It comes through a message. Therefore, because this is true, we are ambassadors for Christ. That means we're going on behalf of a king. The king has given this declaration A war is won, peace is offered, and then he sends these ambassadors out to declare what the king said. I don't make up the message, I'm just delivering what the king said. Thank you, king. Therefore, we are ambassadors for Christ. God making his appeal through us. And then they talk about what this appeal is. They say, we implore you on behalf of Christ... This is what an ambassador does. I'm coming on behalf of Jesus Himself. So, would you receive a message from Jesus Himself? Some of you are like, Whoa, am I allowed to do that? We're gonna talk about it. I wanna give you a message from Jesus Himself Be reconciled to God. If you feel like your balance sheet is off balance to get it today, my prayer is I wanna give you a message. From our Lord, be reconciled with God today. I want you to leave today if you feel like the, the books are unbalanced. I want you to have them balanced today before you walk out this door. And you can, if your books get balanced. Listen, anybody ever been in debt? Anybody in debt? Don't raise your hand. It's fine. But anybody like you felt the weight of debt? And if you haven't yet gotten to the place of bankruptcy where you're like, I can't pay what I owe. That's the place every single one of us find ourselves, if we're honest. And if you're beginning to see the amount of debt you have, then you are getting very close and beginning to understand the truth. When you get to the place where you don't know what to do with all the debt you have, there's where this message is so powerful. If you receive this message while understanding the, the, the massive amount of debt we have to God and your books are balanced, I promise you're going to be, you know, like, oh, I'm singing a hallelujah. I'm dancing a little. Je- I... Many of us never experience the freedom of God's presence because we feel like our books have not been balanced, man. And we're carrying around the weight of our debt and we're not understanding the depravity and debt that other peoples walk in. And we project upon them that they should be walking in a balanced life, not understanding the reality of maybe where they are and what's causing the issue. Today, I want to talk about what causes the issue and why we can't be that, but we could be that. Why we're not being that and the invitation to come and be that. Can we talk more? Let's finish. And here, here's, we implore you, on behalf of Christ, be reconciled to God. Now, here is like, if you want a focal point passage for the entire New Testament, here is the message. It's so deep and so wonderful. And if you grab hold of it, it will transform your life and give you reason to sing hallelujah. For our sake, He, made him to be sin who knew no sin so that in him we might become the righteousness of God. Let that verse just sit with you for a second and let it be written to you from Jesus himself. I implore you on behalf of Christ For our sake, for your sake, he, meaning God, made Jesus, who never did any amount of sin at all, to become what you and I have done. That means take somebody perfectly well and consider them unwell for somebody actually unwell and consider them well. That's us. And if you are in Christ today, you have been considered well according to the right doing of God. Thank you. Thank you, Lord. I just pray, God, that you would allow that to just become so wonderfully heavy in our lives that we would experience the weight of your glory that glorious message of writing us, thank you, and I pray you would take us into the depths of what it means for our life today. I I want to show you. A mo- oh oh! Before I bring this out, I brought some gloves to handle this very precious item I, I brought for you guys. Mm. Suspense is killing y'all. Let's go. Whoa, okay. (laughs) Guys, I hold in my hands, according to my research, the most priceless painting in all of the world. Did you know this? That this painting is actually the most valuable painting in all of the world. It's the most renowned and most known. Did you know that can't actually put a figure of value on this painting because it's worth so much? The most recent valuation, if they put a number on it, was $2.5 billion. Billion. And in fact, they can't even sell it because they can't actually put a number on it. The insurance alone on this policy for this was like $860 million that it's like insured by, and they won't insure it past that. This was painted by Leonardo da Vinci. Any uh, paint scholars out here? Anybody? No more than me? Come on now, don't be shy. Anybody? Just love paintings, you know all about them? No? Okay, good. Sweet. You just keep going then. Just If you want to come tell us about the painting, tell me more. But like apparently, like Napoleon had this in his room. He was in love with this woman. And Leonardo made this not on a typical canvas, but a, a plank of wood. And I think it was, was it like the 1400s? Come on, Kenny. I think it was the 1400s this thing was painted. Okay, I'm not, I'm not fooling you, right? Like, it's not valuable. It's a fake. It doesn't, it doesn't really matter. You know, like, it doesn't matter. And in fact, if I was to tell you what it took for me to get that stupid thing here, it took me a lot. It's kind of valuable to me, actually. I, don't, I just put her right there. I ordered that thing a couple of weeks ago, and Amazon failed me and didn't even show up to my house. So this morning, I'm like, it's not here and it should be here. So I had to go to Walgreens and print this lady out. And I'm sure they were like, this guy's printing out a Mona Lisa <laughs> on a poster. Then to go to Target and buy a dumb frame for it and spent like $30 on that thing. But listen, 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 there's there's a lot in what I just talked about. And if we understand who we are in Christ, and we understand the wonderful value that He's placed upon your life, we will treat our lives very potentially, potentially, very, very different. And if I understood the value that Christ doesn't only place upon my life but yours, I might transform the way I see you. And if I understand that this message is available to the world, that I have taken a fake and I've made it valuable. Like I took the biggest frauds. And I don't know about you, the biggest fraud. What was the biggest fraud? I went to church, I heard the messages. I I left and didn't do anything different. I don't care about people, I care about me. I would never say that. Oh my goodness, clutch your pearls. Right? I would never say that and neither would you, but my life is no different and I'll see you next week, y'all. will sing some songs maybe, but I won't really sing because I got no reason to dance. I don't. And if I'm really honest, I didn't. Didn't. But I thought I was fine until I looked over and I saw somebody who actually loved Jesus and I was like, I don't know. I, I live with parents that love Jesus and I I don't know, I just didn't. My life wasn't transformed by him. Until I realized that I was a fake, I looked so good, but inside I knew the difference. And when I began to see my fakeness, and I could only see my fakeness when I saw the realness. And sometimes, I don't know about you, but you got parents who've loved you well, showed you the real thing, but sometimes it's hard in family, is it not? Like I think Jesus' family still rejected the real thing, right? That's what it says. A prophet's welcome everywhere except his hometown and in his home. So sometimes it's hard, parents, if if it feels hard because your kids don't get it, I believe that God is sending people into their life to get it. So just keep praying. And he's going to show up. He's going to answer those prayers. He's going to be really faithful because he's awesome. He's so good. But when you begin to see your fakeness and you really see it, and you really see it, you're like, what do I do about it? You bring him your fakeness. And the scripture here makes a lot more sense. I pray that it just comes alive right now. For our sake, that means he saw the fakeness. He made him to be fake. Who knew no fakeness. So that in him, we might become the righteous, the real thing. The realness of God. (laughs) Do you see it? Receive it today. And if you understand the truth, this transforms the way you see yourself. Do you know the old has passed away? You are not fake anymore if you've come into Christ. You're the real thing. Receive it. You're the real thing. The real thing came into your life. Receive it. And if you didn't, invite Him to. I see my fakeness. Come, make me the real thing. Make me the real deal come. I'm tired of being fake. I don't want it. I want a reason to sing hallelujah. Come on. You want that? Jesus paid the price. The scripture says, if you begin to believe that with your heart, you're beginning to see it. Jesus, make me the real thing. Come speak the name. When you speak the name, he'll come and he'll meet you right where you are. He'll make you the real thing. Come on. And if that's you today, I want to talk to you after the service because next week we're going to have baptisms, which is the, the movement according to that. Like after that happens, we are buried with Christ. We raise a brand new life. We're going to have that next week. Come on. Thank you, Jesus. Let's go to the king. He's still doing work. But listen to this. Like if we understand we're the real thing. Paul says in 1 Corinthians 3.16, do you not know, and he's talking to a group of people who are in the church, and he's saying, hey, listen, y'all are like giving yourself sexually to other people, like prostitutes, and don't you know that like, do you know who you are? Like, do you not know that you are God's temple and that God's spirit dwells in you? Like, do you not know? Now think about many of us in religious context. We've gone to sermons. We've heard guys go, well, you really shouldn't do this, and you really shouldn't do this. And we're like, what can we do, y'all? Like, who... Do you know who you are? Do you know you're the real thing? That's what Paul's saying to guys. Do you know you're the real thing? Hey, kings, do you know you're a a king? Hey, young queens, like, do you know you're a queen? Don't you know who you are? Don't you know you're the temple of the living God? Don't you know his spirit resides within you? Don't you know? And if you knew who you were, why would you give it away cheaply? Come on. You don't gotta give it away cheaply anymore. Don't you know who you are? You can stop because you're so valuable. You don't have to search for value. You're too valuable. And if somebody wants to use you, then they don't understand the value of you. And you're not valuable just because of you, but because the right doing of God who has given to you as a gift. Is anybody humbled? Let it break us today. Let it just also inside the breaking, but just like mold us back into this oneness with him where we begin to walk out the life of Christ because we know how wonderful God has made each one of us to be. Thank you, Father, for making us brand new. And I pray that you would restore brand new to people who are living less than brand new. Restore to us the joy of our salvation. Remind us that we are new, brand new. Come on. Come on. Do you know who you are? Do you know who you can be? Because God loves you so much. He died for you. He had to. He wanted to. He loves you. So not only like, do you know who you are? Now, as we look around the room to the people who are in Christ and we think about like relationships and how messed up and jacked up they become, especially in church, when you get close in relationship, uh, have you ever been wounded by a really close friend? It hurts worse, doesn't it? Because you want to say like, they should never do that because they know me best, right? And so it, it hurts worse, But do you know how we can maybe be relieved today? We can step into freedom today by understanding maybe the wisdom that they are speaking to us about the truth that if you understood your realness, you would never be walking in fakeness. Never. If you really grasp the realness of what he did, It would transform you so much that you would look like Jesus. Oneness, it transforms every aspect of our life. So here's what we can know. If somebody claiming to be Christ steps into a lifestyle that doesn't look like Jesus, ain't super loving, ain't, you know, it's not just in his character, which we talked about. Listen, don't miss this. We talked about the the character of the Holy Spirit being truth and comfort. Both of those, if you want to know who Jesus is, both of those are hand in hand. I will tell you the truth, but I will never do it without extending a hand to say, come on, I'll go with you. No matter how far it takes, I'll walk with you. That's our king. But never will he say, I'll never tell you the truth. I'm just here for you. What do you want to do? And I think that's a lot of times what we get a picture of, of like, we call it love. But in reality, like the scripture says, if you had a parent and I have a one-year-old son who wants to go touch that hot stove and I'm like, just let him be him. I'm going to hold his hand as he goes and touch that. Y'all would be like, he's abusive, right? Like you would look at me and be like, you you abuse your kids, man. No, I'm going to tell my son like, hey man, like you do not want to do that. And I'm going to hold your hand and I'm going to gently, I'm not going to rip your arm out of the socket. I'm going to gently walk you to somewhere better where you belong to be. (laughs) Come on. And if we want to walk Jesus, y'all, if we want to walk Jesus, we got to do Jesus. And listen to this. Nobody has to give you permission to do Jesus. Nobody. Some of you are waiting for permission to be the real thing. Nobody got to give you permission. You got it. You were given the message of reconciliation. You got it. Walk it. You can. You're allowed. Walk with him. Let Jesus be who he said he is. Don't make him something different. Let Jesus be Jesus. Let Jesus promise to meet you right where you are. Let him. It's true. Receive it. And if you receive it, it's going to transform the way you see everybody else. And here's what we see. When somebody is not walking in the real, authentic truth of the gospel, we're going to do what Paul did. Do you know who you are? Are you okay? Do you know who you are? No, surely. And we think the best about people because we're always hopeful, right? That's what love does. Hopes the best, believes the best, endures all things, right? So I'm gonna walk into their life. I'm gonna say, hey, are you okay? Surely you've forgotten. Don't you know who you are? Then if you continue, like, do you know who you are? Do you know who you could be? Do you know at all? That's the progression we walk with people. We don't write them off. We, find, we see clearly where they are and we step into their life and we offer them the hand and we tell them the truth. Be reconciled to God. Let's walk a brand new way. It transforms the way we see others and then it transforms the way we see the world. Don't you understand what they're all in search for? Becoming the real thing. And the promise, if you do this or do that, You can be the real one. Anybody want to be a real one? Anybody gone after that dream and became the real one only to find out it wasn't so real? Come on now. You can be a real one. Transforms everything that we see. I want to finish by reading this passage out of 2 Peter. And I think it explains, like, I'm like walking us kind of down through the New Testament a little bit with this concept. But Peter says this in 2 Peter, and I think it. I just pray that you can focus on this because it's six verses. Everybody got ADD? We're gonna go together, okay? I'm gonna read slow. Scripture says, His divine power has granted to us all things that pertain to life and godliness. Now Romans 1 tells us what that power is. His divine power, Romans, I think it's 1 or 2, says the gospel is the power of God. The message of reconciliation is the gospel. So we talked about the second Corinthians, Romans. Now Peter's saying his divine power has granted to us all things that pertain to life and godliness. Does anybody say, man, I just don't got what it takes to be the real thing. All of that is available inside the truth of what's offered to you. It's a message of reconciliation. If you receive the message, the message is power to your soul, mind, heart, and feet that are gonna move. This is how we be that. His divine power has granted to us all things that pertain to life and godliness. Through the knowledge of him who called us to his own glory and excellence, he called you into his glory. Next, by which he has granted to us his precious and very great promises so that through the promises, if we believe promises, through them you may become partakers of the divine nature. That means it's going to transform who you are and how you walk. If you receive the truth, it's going to transform the way you walk having escaped from the corruption that is in the world because of sinful desires. For this reason, because this is true, that's what he's saying, because this is for you, make every effort. People wanna say obedience is legalism. No, it's not. Obedience comes from a transformed heart. It's not looking to be transformed. You have been transformed. So because I've been transformed, I can be different. And I have the power through the gospel because it's a life in my bones and my soul to be transformed in every way. Make every effort to supplement your faith with virtue and virtue with knowledge. So I'm gonna grow in knowledge, but guess what? Knowledge ain't the first thing, y'all. Come on now. Knowledge with self-control, self-control with steadfastness and steadfastness with godliness and godliness with brotherly affection. And brotherly affection, then we're gonna supplement brotherly affection. We're gonna add to it and just, just be the love that God is pouring into our, all those things are yours through the message of reconciliation. And if you're like, man, Jay, I haven't even touched the tip of what it is to just be loving. I want to say, like, welcome to the journey. Come on, like, you're invited. Let's keep going, growing, and figuring out what it means. Like, you're just invited. What a beautiful picture. You can be that by receiving that. That's first what the king is to you. He's self-controlled. He's kind. He's so loving. He's going to endure through everything. He's going to be there. Follow him. Receive it today. But the Apostle Paul warns us and says, in in, uh, Romans 8, he says, you didn't receive the spirit of slavery to fall back into fear, but you've received the spirit of adoption as sons by whom we cry, Abba, Father. So guys, it's possible to have a heart transformed moment and yet walk back into this spirit of fear living where we're controlled not by the love of God, but maybe we've just given up into the spirit of fear and be like, man, I don't know what it is. Like, I don't know what to do. I just got to protect myself. Maybe got wounded. I've been there. Got so wounded, I couldn't see the love of God because I was so focused on the hurt that somebody else caused me. Just froze me right where I was. Jesus tells a story about that and he tells a story about two sons. One son obeyed all the rules and the other son left, you know? But he has this epiphany moment where he's like, I don't have to live this way any longer. Like I actually, I got a dad and I believe this is kind of the reference to like that spirit of fear kind of mentality but listen to what that young son says to himself he says i i got a dad who's got servants that live better than me and i know because i've screwed it up so bad like i can't go back and be a son but i could go back and be a slave do you remember the story the young, the young son shows up to the father and he starts his spiel after he's covered in mud from like feeding pigs. And maybe you've like settled or gone back to the pig moment and you're like sitting in the dirt and you're like, man, I feel super dirty in my life. And I want you to look up right now and I want you to say, or hear me say, you've got a dad who loves you. You've got a dad who loves you. Do you remember? The, the story says he's watchful for the son the whole time. Every day I can imagine Dad just being like, maybe today's the day. And the scripture says, while the sun was a far way off, he sees him. He started running. It's like my son. No. So he picks up his garment to run, gets there, and the sun starts to spiel. Dad, I'm like not even worthy to be a son, but I'd love to just and he's like, stop right where you are. Doesn't even let him finish the sentence. Says so he starts kissing him and he can't stop kissing him. <laughs> my son's home. My son, he's like throwing clothes up. Everybody come on out. we go throw a party because my son's home. Today, if you feel dirty as mess and you've forgotten or you walked away and you step back into a spirit of fear living, you feel like you got a slave for God, I want you to come back into the reality that you had nothing to do with creating yourself into the rightness of God. That is all his work. Come back into the joy of his presence. And he wants to welcome you with open arms and say, son, daughter, I'm just welcoming you home. Come on now. You should come back to the king. And let him throw a party for you. And some of us feel like we've been slaving for so long. We say, well, now, Jay, it's not that easy. There was another brother. That's what he said. And he went to the father. Dad, how are you going to do this? Because that guy wasted half his life, man. I said, says, son, don't you know that you've been in my house the whole time? All this was offered to you as well? If you just want it, you tell me. Everything's yours. Don't you know? And we read those passages and we fo- focus on these brothers, but I think we miss the whole point of this story because it's really about the father's heart. The father's heart for both of those sons, the one who's far off and the one who's close. Son, don't you know I've been here the whole time, but you're so focused on the work, you have forgotten my heart. You're missing the party. When you're ready, come celebrate. And if you have my heart, you would have been looking for the son as well. I want the father's heart. My heart only cares about me. His heart cares about you. And if you receive the fact that his heart cares about you, then it's gonna transform your heart to go care about somebody else. You've been given the message. I implore you on behalf of Christ, receive the message of being reconciled with God. It's yours if you want it. Call to him. His name is Jesus. Step up out the mud and come back home. Dad's running. Let him run to you. Let him run to you right now. Let him run to you. Right where you are, would you just let him run to you? That's my prayer today. Father, would you run to us? If you don't got the words to say, say, Jesus, if that's you, if you've been far, say, Jesus, I'm running home right now. I'm just standing up. The best I know how I'm standing up, standing up. I'm coming home. I'm gonna ask you to run to me. Would you come to me right now? Jesus, come to me right now. Heal my wounds. I want you to hear him say to you what the father said, my son, my son, my son, or my daughter, my daughter, my daughter. I love you. And I just pray that you experience his kisses like all over your soul right now, that he kissed him over and over through the muddy face. He kissed him and he couldn't stop kissing him because he loves him. He loves you. And there's some things that sit heavy on us, like in the room. Yeah, you're like, Jay, I, I get it. But that passage where he says, uh, my glory that you have given to me, I give to them. Uh, that word glory literally means weight. I like get it, but it's a wonderful weight. And there's things that are weighty on your, on your hearts and your minds. And I ask you now, if you want freedom in that, you can have an exchange You can bring those things that are weighty to him and offer them to him. Say, these are too heavy for me to carry. I want your weight of glory that you wanna give me. Put your hands to him, give him the things that are weighty. And if for some reason you're afraid today, if you're walking and received or have received living in a spirit of fear, you fear outside, you fear culture, you fear, you fear the next year, you fear business, you fear people, you fear getting seen, whatever it is, I invite you to step away from the spirit of fear. And if you will give me the uh, honor, if you give me permission, I would love to pray for you. If you are dealing with fear in this room, here's the reality, the spirit of fear is underneath the authority of the of the spirit of the living god. Jesus says, "All authority in heaven and on earth has been given to me." Therefore, go. So I am speaking on behalf of that authority within the name of Jesus. And we just pray that the spirit of fear leave right now. Those who are in bondage to the spirit of fear, you leave, spirit. You have no place in this in this place or these people's minds this is the land of the living and we invite you Holy Spirit to come and flood our hearts and our minds and that you would fill us with your love that we would experience you at a level that is weighty that it would outweigh this world that would balance our books and that you would send us from this place filled with your fire to see this city transformed and far beyond oh God we thank you for your freedom in this room today and we thank you for the power that's in the name of Jesus by that name every Knee will bow whether now or later in heaven and on earth, and we bow now out of a willing heart to say and declare that you are our King, and we desire to come with you because you've loved us so much. Oh, come, Holy Spirit, come, invade the spaces of our life that we've shut off to you. Open the doors in Jesus' name, open the windows in Jesus' name, and flood within our soul your life and your light and may we shine as a city set on a hill that cannot be silenced that cannot be shut out because your power is above all god and we just thank you for calling us yours thank you king jesus for your love that fills our heart oh god thank you father Now, still our soul god I invite us let's make this our prayer as we sing and we close